Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all of you this morning. Uh, My name is Devin, and I am our student ministries pastor, and uh, I'm so humbled and honored to get to preach to you all this morning. I'm honored to be here to share this time together this morning. And before we jump into our main text for today, I want you to Open up your Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you would, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to focus on just two really quick verses for just a small portion of our time together this morning. And we'll start in verse 4, and Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says this, Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Did you catch it real quick there? Paul is giving credit in some ways to Timothy's mother and grandmother. And so I want to talk just very briefly this morning about a mother's influence. A part of Timothy's faith was in direct result of his mother's and her mother's influence on his life. And every time I read this passage, I praise God for mothers of faith. And I personally praise God for a mother of faith because Timothy's story sounds uh, similar to mine. It's only one little verse, so I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know that without my mom's influence in my life, life, I likely would not be in ministry today. I don't even know if I would know the Lord today. Now, God can work in multiple ways. He can plant seeds through all kinds of different opportunities. But for me, I remember even to this day, sitting on the floor in my bedroom with my mom, reading my picture Bible and talking through stories throughout scripture and who Jesus was for and to us. And I'm so grateful for those times that we had together. I'm so grateful for the times that I saw her model this still quiet peace in the middle of all of our chaos, right? And I don't want you to hear this and think, man, what a picture perfect life Devin must have lived. No, it was filled with all kinds of brokenness and chaos. And my parents were divorced when I was really little. And there was all of this turmoil. But in the midst of all of that, I can vividly remember my mom sitting in her chair in the morning, early in the morning, reading scripture, eyes usually closed. And she swears to me that she wasn't asleep. But, and all the moms said, amen. Yeah, um, and my mom is watching online. And so mom, thank you so much for your influence in my life. And then in this last year, um, I've watched my, whew, I've practiced this so many times so that I wouldn't lose it, but she's here now and I'm gonna lose it. So I'm just warning you all. Um, I've watched my best friend and spouse become a mother. <clears throat> and Elizabeth, let's see if I can do this. Um, watching you become a mother. 
as you tirelessly surrender yourself to our daughter's needs embodies Christ's love in ways that I'll never begin to describe, that I'll never begin to understand. All the late nights and early mornings you pop up before the thought can even come into my mind. Uh, Maintaining a full-time job and motherhood um, has been truly remarkable and an inspiration to me. Um, Even this morning, y'all, I got up to come get ready to uh, prepare this message and um, just work through that and be ready. And I found her in the laundry room, just like doing all of our laundry. Um, Man, I'm so grateful. And I know how to do laundry. And so uh, don't hear this and think, yes, you're supposed to do the husband's laundry. That's not uh, what I mean. I'm so grateful. But yet, In the midst of this, my mother-in-law is here as well this morning, and I'm so grateful for her influence on my life and on my faith journey. But in the midst of all of this, despite how great others see them doing, despite how often I try to encourage Elizabeth, I know the mothers in my life live with some form of constant worry or guilt or shame that lives internally that they aren't perfect or that they didn't do blank good enough. If I just would have done this thing a little bit better. Have you ever thought about all of the roles that mothers fill and not just biological mothers, but all female influences in our lives? Just to name a few, and this list is by no no means exhaustive. Like I just came up with this as I was jotting some down. A nurse, a counselor, boss, spiritual advisor, educator, nutritionist, accountant, transportation center, maid, peacemaker, entertainer. And those are just some of the list, right? There are so many roles that mothers are tasked with fulfilling each and every day. And it is no wonder that they are not perfect at all of them. No one could be. And so it seemed fitting today on Mother's Day to just say thank you. A huge thank you to all of the motherly influences in our lives, female leaders in our lives who have had an influence on us for your undying love, your untiring work, your unselfish giving, your undivided devotion this morning. We just want to say thank you and honor you and bless you and encourage you. And so if we could all together, can we celebrate those people in our lives this morning? Amen. Yes, thank you for all that you're doing to raise up this generation and the next. Uh, But as we continue today, I want to be really careful here because I know Mother's Day also holds with it and carries with it a lot of emotions, right? Maybe you don't have a similar story. Maybe you're a biological mother and you are at odds or maybe there's some, it's been a mixed bag and they haven't shown you Christ's love or maybe your mom passed away years ago and Mother's Day has never been the same since or maybe you're here and you've been praying with all of your heart that you could one day become a mom and for whatever reason that hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're here today and you just feel guilty about all the times that you've just messed things up, whether you're a mom or a dad or a child, relationships, things that you've just messed up and you feel like you've just failed. And maybe as we celebrate a godly mother, some of those emotions or guilt or shame is triggered for you. And I think we all sit in this tension today. 
And I think that's what, and I know that's what the gospel of Jesus gets to free us from. Because I know I sit in this tension. I remember times and places and relationships where I've just messed it all up. And so I want you to take inventory of those feelings. What do you feel today as we shift to Galatians chapter 2? Because today I want to talk about the freedom we receive in Jesus Christ. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 2. And I want to give you a little bit of context that's incredibly important as we open up the letter to the Galatians. At the time that this letter was written, there was this other group of teachers who were trying to convince Christians in Galatia that the good news of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, was not enough to save them and set them free. It wasn't enough. There needed to be some other things, some other good works sprinkled into the mix. There needed to be some other ways to identify that they were truly people of God. And Paul is very, very clear that this is not the good news of Jesus at all. And so he sets out to remind the Galatians that any of them who believes in Christ Jesus has been set free. And so in chapter two, where we're gonna look at today, Paul is continuing this message. And so let's look at what Paul writes to the Galatians. And we're gonna be in and out of Galatians and Ephesians and some Romans where Paul is writing to this group of people trying to get them to see their identity in Christ. And so Galatians chapter two, verse 16, he writes this. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ Jesus, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. And I wonder if this morning, if we could just take a deep breath together and let God's truth and freedom wash over you today. Let me repeat what he just wrote. You will never be made right with God by trying to live up to a standard of perfection that you will never reach. You will never be made right with God through that. And it is good news. It's good news for us because it means this picture perfect life that we see all around us where everything just looks perfect, where then often we can internalize this, man, I don't measure up to that. Jesus can set us free from those things. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 10. It says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit from this for it is a gift from God freely given. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it because that's the opposite, right? It's no, look at all these things that I've done. Look how great I am. No, Paul says that's not the gospel. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Notice the order there. He has created us anew, given us a new identity in Christ Jesus first. And then now we can go do the good things he's planned for us long ago. 
What I want us to understand today first is this. If you believe who Jesus Christ is, it is no longer you living, but Christ living in you. If you believe in who Jesus Christ is, it is no longer you living, but Christ living in you and praise God for that truth. You've probably been wondering why I have some objects here on the table with me. Maybe you've been wondering why I have this candle here. Well, I have a friend who uh, has this running joke with a couple of other friends and I that, uh, that they need their own saint candle. Do you know what these are? Uh, they're candles that you can find at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the, tar- uh, the candle aisle at like Target or Walmart. And usually... These saint candles have pictures of important people in the history of Christianity, whether it's Jesus himself or a certain saint that uh, was like an early church uh, father or writer. And then here we have the mother of Jesus, Mother Mary, if um, it felt appropriate for Mother's Day to have this one. But in some older traditions and some different uh, backgrounds, these actually had some pretty cool meaning behind them. They're, they were important. They had uh, some significance. But uh, somewhere along the way, our culture just kind of turned them into a decor joke or a gag gift. And to be honest, I think they're kind of funny. Uh, I was shopping the other day and I noticed at one of the local stores there was a row of saint candles just with all of different celebrities. Like you could just pick out your favorite celebrity and they would be a saint on a candle. I think they can be pretty funny. These have become so popular actually that you can actually get a custom saint candle of whatever you want online because you can buy anything online, right? And so you can customize them uh, for maybe your pet, like this person did. That's uh, St. Eloise the Chihuahua. <laughs> and so there's uh, St. Eloise. Or maybe you want to pick out your favorite selfie of you and your cat. If you're a big cat person, uh, St. Carrie and uh, Mimi the cat. <laughs> And so maybe you want to put yourself on a saint candle or maybe you can make a mental note for a next year, a fun, lighthearted Mother's Day gift. Guys, you're too late this year. You're too late. If you're like getting a little anxious, uh, I'm sorry you're stuck with the flowers and the card and maybe another robe. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but so you're probably wondering what in the world, what, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? Well, this is totally a joke and it's just for fun, but I do think it leads us to a really important truth and our big idea for our Mother's Day message today, which is this. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your savior, you have been made a saint. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your savior, you have now been made a saint. And this, I think, is the truth of the identity of what Paul is trying to teach the Galatians and the Ephesians and us today. The truth that so many mothers, that so many fathers, that so many children, that all of us are so desperately needing to hear today. That through belief in Jesus Christ and that belief alone, you are now enough. You are enough through Christ. 
And if you're like me, I imagine the gut reaction is likely to push back a little bit and say like, whoa, 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 wait a second, Devin. Like, no, I am not a saint. You don't know what my past looks like. I don't embody the Christian faith. Like, you don't know what I've done. This person that I know. Now them, like, look at all the things they've done. Look at all the things that they've accomplished in their faith. They are a saint. But not me. No way. I haven't done nearly enough to be put on my own candle, right? This is often how we think of ourselves, I think. But notice what Paul says as he's writing to the Galatians. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. No one will ever be made right with God by doing good things, by accumulating good things, by launching good things. And yet, I think we are constantly condemning others and ourselves for things that we all fail to achieve, that we all fail to do, right? Maybe it's thoughts like, man, if I could just be the leader that that person is, man, if I could just achieve that Instagram grid, if I could just look like that mom who's got everything labeled, who's got activities throughout the entire day for all of their children, and they pray at morning, noon, and night, Man, if I could just be like them, they are a saint, but not me. I'm just a terrible sinner, no good trash. I'm just trash. But that's not the gospel of Jesus. And the beautiful message of Jesus Christ, the freedom of Jesus, it is not him plus successful children equals your salvation. It is not Jesus plus launching another successful business equals your salvation. It is not being the perfect looking stay-at-home mother with all of the farmhouse aesthetics or mid-century modern things to accumulate in your house equals your salvation. No. The beautiful message of Jesus Christ is it is him plus nothing equals everything. Him plus nothing equals everything. We are made right with God by faith and by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Look back at Ephesians verse, chapter 2 verse 9. Salvation is not a reward. It's not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You see, this is the concept that I want us to try to understand is when you believe in Jesus Christ as your savior, you are blessed in Christ. You are blessed with his identity. Everything then happens as a result of us being rooted in Christ. You've been given a new creation, saint, not sinner. And not because of anything you've achieved, not because of anything you've done, not because of the things that you continue to do, but because of what Jesus has achieved for you, for us. Our salvation is freely given. 
so that then we can go respond in faith and then do good things that God has planned for us. And this is so ingrained in all of scripture and all of Paul's teaching and the order to our lives is so crucial. The good things we do, the good things that we want to accomplish are often God-given, inspiring goals and dreams and things that we want to do. But when we mess up the order of these things, when we get the identity out of place with our response to our identity and we try to get them backwards, it opens up the door for the enemy to fill our lives with condemnation. Man, I don't look like that person. Man, I can't do the things that person can do. Man, I'm just no good garbage. I'm just a sinner. No, that's not the message of Jesus. Look at Romans 8 with me. Romans 8 verses 1 through 3. It says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit has set you free from the law of sin and death. The to-do list, the do's and don'ts. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son. You see, God accomplished it all. How many of you have ever seen uh, the movie Toy Story 3, 4, 5, 4? Thank you, thank you. 3, 4, 5, 6, I don't remember which one we're on these days. Uh, but yes, Toy Story 4, thank you. Uh, if you haven't seen Toy Story 4, if you haven't seen the end, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm going to spoil it. So I guess right now, if you have not seen Toy Story 4, you could get up and leave if you don't want it to be ruined. I, but it's been like three or four years, so cut me a little bit of slack here. Uh, but so in this, in this story, Toy Story 4, there's this character. If you haven't seen it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And you're wondering what the heck is this scary looking creature. We've got Forky. Thank you. Yes. And so Forky was created out of trash by his kid, Bonnie. And so the bottom of uh, the spork is some popsicle sticks and it says Bonnie. And so Bonnie, uh, Forky's kid, pulled a spork out of the trash, drew a little face on him, uh, get, got some pipe cleaner and built some arms and then made some feet out of popsicle sticks like every good kid in preschool or daycare would do, Right. And so she turns a spork into a toy and she loves this thing, right? Like everywhere they go, she wants to be with Forky. She's like grabbing him around. We've got to have Forky. But then from Forky's perspective, it's kind of this hilarious thing because Forky, the entire movie is having this identity crisis. He's a toy that Bonnie has created, but the entire time he believes he belongs in the trash can. And so all throughout the movie, his internal monologue is trash, 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 trash. And he's like, whatever he could do, I got to leave the family, get to the trash can. I got to leave the toys, get to the trash can. Every time he tries running off from the group of toys to throw himself away, just repeating trash, 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 trash. And it's hilarious. It's hysterical. But the Lord often speaks to me in the craziest ways. 
And uh, if you've seen the movie, you may be, be able to catch where we're going with this. But I remember watching this movie for the first time in the movie theater at this emotional tipping point where Woody begins to tell Forky about his kid, Andy. And how because of what Andy had did, he had written Andy on his foot. And now because of what Bonnie has done, he's not trash anymore. He's a new toy. And it might sound so silly, but I'm being honest with y'all. I remember sitting in that theater going, man, that's me. That's what God has done for me. And I wonder how many of us can relate to this experience of Forky where it may sound really funny like, Devin, this is just a little kid's toy movie, but it taught me something so profound. And I believe it's what Paul is trying to convince us of today. And it's what Jesus is trying to convince us of all throughout scripture that he has done it all for us. And because of that, we are no longer trash. We no longer belong in the garbage, but we are saints because of what Jesus has done. He has given us freely his righteousness. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. And now don't misunderstand me here, right? Doesn't mean that sin in your life just immediately uh, just disappears and you're never going to wrestle with it again. No, sin still remains in our lives. It still remains in my life. Day in and day out, I've got to preach the gospel to myself, remind myself of whose I truly am. Because the reality is we can still become enslaved to sin. However, I think far too often we become enslaved to sin because we don't truly believe the power of Christ that lives within us. We don't truly believe that we've been set free from that old way of living. We've been set free through Christ and his power is now alive in us. And that is the secret of true Christian living understanding that our identity in Christ is so much more powerful than this constant fear of guilt and shame and condemnation when we don't measure up. Sometimes I wonder if maybe this is the reason that it's so easy, the temptation is so easy to talk as a Christian about all of the things that I'm against rather than the things that I'm for, right? Because secretly somewhere in my mind or in my heart, I don't truly believe that Christ has given me his freedom freely, that Christ has given me his righteousness. And so instead we busy ourselves with pointing out the wrongs that others do or shaming others in their mistakes to shield us from the shame, the condemnation that often lives so deep within us that Jesus says no. I've set you free from that. But often for me, I just want to be left thinking, well, at least I'm not like them, right? Like this is why reality TV is so popular. Like we don't like to admit it, but this is why it's so popular because you watch the garbage that they're involved in and you're like, whoo, praise the Lord, I don't look like that person. Praise God, I've got my life together better than them, right? This is the reality, right? But that's not the gospel of Jesus. You see, terrible sinner for those who have placed their belief in Christ Jesus is no longer our identity. 
We've been given reconciliation with God. We've been given his righteousness so that we have the freedom to look at all the mistakes in our life, to look at our past, to look at the sin that is present in our life and say, guess what? Yeah, that sin still exists, but it is not my identity. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Jesus set us free to learn what it looks like to become more and more like him through a series of lifetime experiences, right? Time and time again where you're gonna mess it up, where you're gonna miss the mark, where you're gonna just mess up that relationship, where you're gonna yell at your kids when they don't deserve it, when you're going to do something that just is sinful. But Jesus gives us the freedom to run to him and say, hey, God, I messed it up again today. But guess what? That's the former self in me. That's not my current identity. The old is gone and the new has come. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. And then skip down to verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God became the sinner so we could be called the saint through him. If we go back to our forky character, God became himself the trash so that we could be the saint and righteous through what he has done. Him who knew no sin became sin. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this. Out of the overflow of our identity, our actions originate. Out of the overflow of our identity, our actions originate. What's the point of all of this? You see, back to our forky friend here. At the end of, towards the end of the movie, after Andy kind of tells him all about Woody and now that he's a toy, you get this really cool picture of Forky learning what it means to become a toy. All throughout the rest of the movie, he begins learning what it means to look like, to act like a toy. And there are still times that Forky tries running off and throwing himself in the garbage. He's like, no, trash, trash, trash. But through continued reminders, through a constant reminder of the other people and through Woody that he is a toy, he then begins to embrace that identity and then starts to learn what it means to live it out. He's been given a new identity. And I believe that when we believe that we have been called saints through Christ, sin loses its power over us. Because it's no longer that that defines us. And when sin no longer defines us, our actions can then begin to align with what God, our creator, says about us. We start acting like people who are saints, not sinners. You see, the gospel is not behavior modification. It's not strive harder to earn this and achieve that. It's not white knuckle these things and cut those things out of your life. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel starts with identity. The gospel starts with whose we are now. And once we believe that we've been given this new righteousness through Christ, we will always act out of who we believe we are. 
we believe that Jesus has given us his righteousness, then we step into that righteousness and we live it out. Because out of the overflow of our identity, our actions originate. See, when we learn that our sin no longer has to define us, that it no longer has power over us, we no longer come to church feeling as though we've got to be that picture-perfect life. We don't have to come and appear as though we've got it all together because in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of all of our garbage, all of the messes that we make through Jesus and his righteousness alone, we are called saints. And this identity empowers all of us. The wounded who feel as though you have nothing left to add. And the legalist who feels as though your attempt at perfection is what makes you valuable, Jesus says to us both, no, you're wrong. It's better than that. Through Christ, we minister out of our brokenness. We get the opportunity to partner with God and heal others through all of our mistakes, through all of our vulnerability, because it is then and only then that Christ's freedom rings louder than ever before, because it is then and only then that we offer the world, that we offer our friends and families the only thing they need, which is more of Jesus. Not me, not my good works, not how I look, but Jesus, more of Jesus. I want to close with a quote from Henry, Henry Nouwen, who was a writer in the Christian faith who I think puts it so brilliantly. And he writes this, the question is not how many people take you seriously. The question is not how much are you going to accomplish. The question is not, can you show some results? But are you in love with Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus? I imagine some people in here today, maybe you've tried so hard to raise the perfect children, raise a great family, come to church, working hard to look good at all of these accomplishments that you've accumulated, all the things you've checked off of your list. And I imagine maybe, because I've felt it at times, that you've just exhausted yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit my prayer for all of us is that we would recognize that's simply another form of enslavement that Jesus has set us free from we have the freedom in all of our mistakes and all of our mess to run to the Father to lay it at his feet and say Jesus in spite of all of my mess here I am and I love you and that's all that matters Maybe you've been down every wrong road. Your past is uh, uh, riddled with mistakes and you're tired of trying to find peace and only coming up with these same condemning thoughts, maybe like our forky friend, that you are just trash and that's where you belong. That you'll never measure up, that you'll never get your act together, that maybe, just maybe, if you could clean yourself up a little bit, then Jesus would love you. Maybe, just maybe, if you could get some things right, then you could run to the Father. And I pray today that you would hear the good news of Jesus. That right now, as you are, 
in the middle of your mess and your brokenness and your sin and your shame, Jesus looks directly at you and says, my child, I love you so much. You have so much value in my eyes. Would you please just put your faith in me? I want to call you a saint. You're not trash. You are made to be a saint through my righteousness. That's what Jesus says to all of us. So my question as we close is this. Do you love Jesus today? Do you love Jesus today? Because the freedom of Christ helps us know that that's the only question we have to answer. And when we do, we say, yes, Jesus, I love you. I believe in you as my savior. And we're given a new identity. We get to come over here and say, man, now because of Christ, I'm a saint, no longer a sinner. The old is gone. The new has come. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we're so grateful that you've given us your righteousness. That it's not by anything we've done or anything we could accomplish, but that it's freely given. And Lord, you transform our identity. You give us the great reversal. That you've called us a saint, that you have given us your righteousness. Because you loved us so much, you came in the middle of our mess, in the middle of humanity's brokenness. You came, you stepped into the garbage so that you could bring us out. You could give us redemption. And for that, you are so worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand together as we worship the Lord? Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Sent.